This is an AMI podcast. Hello, my darlings, and welcome to episode 13, and they haven't fired me yet, of Low Vision Moments, the podcast all about those sometimes frustrating, potentially embarrassing, but often pretty comical things that happen when you are just trying to go about your day with a visual impairment, blindness, or albinism. I'm your host, Jenny, and I see dead people. Dead people. Well, I don't, but sometimes people with sudden vision loss do. I do often see things not exactly for what they are, though. Like that time I was at the store picking out a new hairbrush, and I tried to pick up the image of a hairbrush that was affixed to the wall. I don't know what I expected. The one I wanted was out of stock, apparently. Master stock. Our theme this episode is seeing things. So I have a real treat of a guest this time. I found this guest on the side of the street one day. I'm just kidding, but it's pretty close. (laughs) I found her on Twitter. And let me tell you, she is good at Twitter. I have been following this person online for a few years now. She is always making me laugh. And she's located here in beautiful Nova Scotia with me. Kim, welcome to Low Vision Moments. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. This is honestly my favorite podcast, and I listen to a lot of podcasts. Oh my God, my ego is just soaring at this moment. Thank you so much. That's so kind. I am dying to get to know you a little bit better because all I know about you is that you're, again, very good at Twitter and good at making people laugh on there. So what else should the fine listeners and I know about you? Well, I'm just a South Shore girl, so I'm from the South Shore of Nova Scotia, and about four years ago, I lost my vision. I was um, sick. I have a lot of health problems, and I have chronic pancreatitis, so I'm in and out of the hospital quite a bit, and while I was in the hospital, I was in the IMCU, and I, it's always really dark in there, and so when I got out of the hospital, I noticed I couldn't see very well out of my left eye. So I went to see the doctor. They thought said, oh, your blood pressure went low in the hospital. That's probably what happened. You might have had a stroke in your eye. They didn't really know. And then six months later, I'm driving down Roby Street, and things start to get darker and darker and darker in my right eye to the point where I could no longer drive safely. So I had to pull over and walk the rest of the way to the hospital. They still after four years, don't know why I'm losing my vision. I probably have about 5% of my vision. So that happened about four years ago. Um, At the same time, my marriage broke down. And so I had to move in with my parents at like age 47, which who wants to do that? So I had to move in with them for a year until I got my feet underneath of me and figured out how to live as a I like to call it a VIP, a visually impaired person. Um, that's right. That's what I've basically been doing the last four years is just trying to navigate my new world. So in addition to 
all of the adjusting that you've had to do over the last four years or so with the sudden change in your vision and the changes in your home life, getting your feet under you, as you said it, Charles Benet syndrome is something that you've had to deal with as well. And and this month, November, is Charles Benet Syndrome Awareness Day. I think we're going to miss it by the time this podcast drops. But are you able to educate me and, and our listeners a little bit about Charles Benet Syndrome? Because I don't think it's very well understood or known by many people. So... Charles Binet syndrome, it's very similar to phantom limb syndrome. And have you ever heard of phantom limb syndrome before? I have. Yeah, I think most people have. And that's when you lose a limb or a part of a limb, but your brain still senses that it's there. Is that right? That's right. So it's like your brain all of a sudden realizes that you can't see. Like all of a sudden you stop seeing one day. So your brain doesn't understand why the part of your brain that takes care of your vision doesn't know why it's working. It's just saying, use it or lose it, use it or lose it. So the part of your brain that takes care of your eyes is hearing this message saying, use it or lose it. So it starts sending these impulses to your optic nerve and it comes out in um, a form of hallucination or memories. Some people recognize what they're seeing and some people don't. I see things like my grandmother, Donald Trump cartoons, things like that. Oh, um, Lord. Things that I recognize. Other people don't recognize what there's, I mean, they recognize that it's a person, but they don't recognize the person. I'd like to make it clear that it's not a mental illness. When we say hallucination, it's. No, that's right. Most people, they think of a hallucination, they think of mental health issues, but it's definitely not. Um, the World Health Organization has declared it not a mental health condition. And just for interest, Charles Benet syndrome is named after a Swiss naturalist who recognized back in the 18th century that his own grandfather's hallucinations were due to vision loss. And so I, th I thought that that was really interesting that it was discovered so long ago and to this day, it's, it's not very well known. So, and we'll get on to the stories in a minute, but I think it's important that we acknowledge that this is happening to people who are suddenly experiencing vision loss and people shouldn't be ashamed to go and talk to their medical professionals about it. They did research a couple of years ago and only one in five family doctors have even heard of Charles Bonnet syndrome. It usually affects the elderly because it's usually the elderly that are losing their vision and they don't tell anybody because they're scared that they're getting dementia and they think they're going crazy. So they refuse to tell their family members. They, they keep quiet to their doctor. They don't say a thing because they're scared of being classified as having dementia so that it goes underreported. And then if they do talk to their family doctors about it, the family doctors send them to a psychologist. I think it's so important that we touch on that part, that if you're someone who's experiencing vision loss or someone in your family or a loved one is experiencing vision loss and you suspect or they, they tell you that they might be seeing things, having hallucinations, I think talking to them about it, that's such a good message, Kim. Thank you so much. And I can't wait to hear more about your experiences with vision loss and Charles Binet. But 
the rules say that I dish the first low vision <laughs> moment. On one very wet morning in Halifax, I'm making my way to work. I'm walking down a busy sidewalk and trying not to get hit by a car because, well, just drivers in Halifax. So I'm I'm approaching this intersection on a sidewalk and on my right side, again, it's pouring down rain, like sheets of rain. On my right side, a person on a bicycle sidles up next to me and they're on the street like they should be, unless you're a kid, you ride on the street, please. But my first thought was, wow, that's one hardcore individual to be, <laughs> right, to be cycling in such nasty weather. Then milliseconds later, my second thought is, wait a minute, is that Superman? <laughs> <laughs> or at least Drive someone in a Superman oh. costume? Was it Halloween? Please tell me it was Halloween. I'm so glad you asked that because that's where my mind went. I was like, wait, no, no, no. This can't can't be what I'm really seeing. It's not Halloween. It's nowhere close to Halloween. But this person was wearing something that my mind deciphered to be Superman garb. I don't know why my brain went there, but I had to know more. So, Kim, I pretended that I had not already pushed the button to cross. Yep. And the button was located close to the corner of the intersection where the cyclist was also waiting to cross. Yeah. So I moved closer and a little bit closer again, probably pretty awkwardly because I just, I had to know. We have to know what's going on. So sadly, as I got closer And close enough to understand what I was actually seeing. It was quite anticlimactic. (laughs) This person was just wearing a red poncho and tight blue jeans. (laughs) I was actually pretty disappointed, but I had a good chuckle at myself, as we do. Again, for you, it's a little bit different. It's very different, if I may say. Like Charles Bonet syndrome for me. So wear my black part of my vision is completely gone. That's where I see my most vibrant, um, really stand out. I can really see these visions clearly, but it's like a movie that's playing. I can look towards it, but I can't interact with it. Um, If my head moves, it sort of moves. So I always know if it's a actual vision or if it's real life. Because you can't look away from it. Right. Even when I shut my eyes, I still see it. So if I can shut my eyes and still see it, I know it's not real. But in the rest of my vision, I'll get like um, patterns and I want to say like little fireworks. Like I was sitting out on my deck not long ago and I was just enjoying the nice summer um, evening and I looked across the harbor and I'd heard a couple of pops and, or something and I thought oh fireworks are going on so I looked over across the harbor and saw these fireworks going off and I was sitting there listening to a podcast and watching these fireworks enjoying them and I thought my goodness these are the longest fireworks that I've ever seen they've been going on for like 20 minutes now and I know they're not the city ones these are just like you know somebody's backyard or something Anyhow, come to find out, there was no fireworks. That was just my Charles Bonet's room. So I can also see like patterns of like quilts. I see spatulas, like, and they're like sometimes they're just like floating in midair, like 
to my left. I see my grandmother a lot. And for some reason, I see her and I see her in my closet with all of my clothes hanging around her. And she's smoking a cigarette in my closet. I don't know why I see that, but I enjoy it. That's kind of comforting, right? It is kind of comforting. Um, I've seen Bert and Ernie at the end of my bed. <laughs> Like just, like just over the railing of the bottom of my bed, I could see like from the nose up. So, I mean, that's always fun. I that's mean, so funny. But it's not always fun if I have like, I see a lot of mice for some reason. I don't have mice in my apartment, but I'll see great big mice and rats running around all the time. That's always scary. I find it happens a lot more when I'm stressed out. I mm -hmm. see a lot more visions. I don't know why. It does for a lot of people too. So if I happen to see um, or see a vision while I'm out in the grocery store or something like that, um, I jump. I'll knock over the display of toilet paper or I'll like bump into somebody. There's such a variety of different hallucinations. But you also said something, Kim, that jumped out at me. And that's, you mentioned that you hear that you see like, full movie scenes. That's incredible to me that it's like a movie playing. You're trying to walk around and do something that just must be so distracting. Well, actually a while ago, I went to the movies with my sister and halfway through the movie, of course, you got to go to the ladies room. And so I tell my sister, you know, I got to go to the washroom. And she's like, oh, you've got two legs and a heartbeat, go. So I managed to find my way out and I'm walking down the long corridor but in my peripheral vision, again, is this war scene, but it's inside of a tent. I don't know why it's inside of one of those great big hospital tents. It was looked like War World, World War One, And so I'm walking down the hallway of the movie theater. I'm watching this movie out of the corner of my eye, not really paying attention to what I'm doing or where I'm going because I'm fascinated by this war going on meanwhile still having to go bathroom really bad and I'm thinking okay when I go into the washroom there's an accessible washroom before you get into the regular stalls I'm thinking to myself I'm just going to go in there that's the first one and it's nice and big so I run into the washroom and I slammed the door behind me really fast and locked it and then tried to find the light switch <laughs> wrong order. So I'm trying to find the light switch, can't find the light switch on the wall. So I'm thinking, okay, it's one of those lights that automatically come on when you like reach the middle of the room or something. So I'm walking towards the middle of the room. I've got my cane in one hand. I'm undoing my pants with the other hand because I have to pee so bad. I'm like, I'm going to pee myself. Oh, there's so up. much going on. <laughs> yes, because this movie and I'm watching the movie at the same time. So anyhow, I run smack into something on the floor. It clangs metal. I knew it was a bucket of something. And at the same time, a broom or mop falls and clocks me in the head. Oh, my God. I'm swinging my cane around everywhere to try and find my way because I'm so disoriented at this point. I'm trying to find my way back to the door in the dark because it's completely dark in there. And all of a sudden, I hear this knock, knock, knock on the door and this older lady voice saying, are you okay in there? <laughs> she obviously heard me banging into everything. Anyhow, I'm like, 
can you just keep talking so I can find my way back to the door? And so she kept talking to me. And so I flung the door open. My pants are unz like the buttons undone. My cane is like, like going, it was sideways. I wasn't even holding it properly because I was trying not to bump into anything. By this time, there's four people be standing behind her, all worried about the blind old lady in the, it was a janitor's closet. Worried <laughs> of course it was. It was, it was so embarrassing. So anyhow, I fly open the door and I look the old lady in the face. I'm like, there's no toilet in there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I just spit out laughing so hard. Because I know I must have looked like an idiot with my pants undone. It just wasn't good. They were so worried for you. And all you could say was, there's no toilet in there. That, my friend, is what we call timing. That's, that's like The worst of it was, they didn't think it was funny. They were concerned about me. And they were like, are you here for yourself? I'm like, no, no, I'm fine. I'm fine, really. And then, of course, you don't want to get into the whole conversation. I have Charles Bonet syndrome. And yeah. Then they, then they would think there's something wrong with this woman. Holy crap. <laughs> you just, you've got this scene playing. You've got, you really got to go. I'm just impressed, Kim, that you didn't piss your pants. You like, know what? I, I'm so impressed, too. It sounds, it sounds like you're, you're intrigued by the story going on. And... And you've really got to, you've really got to go. You've got to piss, and you're in a public place to top like to top it off. You're trying to navigate this this place, and there's people around, and winding up in that situation that could set a lot of people off in the wrong direction. You know, they could spiral into some bad attitude way of dealing it. Not even bad attitude, but like just you know, they could get down on themselves and, and upset and frustrated and embarrassed. And <laughs> you, yeah, I love how you responded to it. I mean, I have to laugh at myself because I mean, if you don't laugh, you cry. You hear that saying a million times. It's funny. And as soon as something happens, I'm thinking, okay, now how can I word this on Twitter? I'm bad at Twitter. I cannot be that witty in that short structure that it has to be in. And that's why I have to have a podcast so I can come on and tell my long-winded version of the story. <laughs> now, I'm realizing all of the stuff I want to tell you about today, these stories all happened to me when I was by myself. And I mentioned earlier, like, they happen when I'm by myself and I see things because I don't have someone to, to tap on and say, hey, what's going on over there? What am I actually looking at? Th there was a time when I was consuming an unhealthy amount of true crime podcasts. But I remember one night I was on my way home from the gym and it was dark out. The walk is only like 15 minutes from my home, but it was dark. It was nighttime and there is a big old creepy parking garage. So parking garages, I don't care how well they're lit. They're creepy as shit. It can be daytime. It doesn't matter. You can do whatever you want. They're still going to be creepy as hell. But I have to walk next to this parking garage on my way home on a narrow little sidewalk. So there really isn't much place to go. Right. So one night I'm walking along next to this parking garage and not in it, but just outside of the parking garage there is sitting what I interpret to be a really dirty, dinged up brown van. But 
We're not talking about a minivan here. It's a creepy, what I, I can only describe this as a creeper van. I know exactly what the type you mean. So I start, I start eyeballing this thing and I'm still walking, but I'm eyeballing this thing hard. Like I'm looking at it and it starts looking to me like there's someone sitting in the front seat mm. and it looks like they're wearing a bright blue hat and they're just sitting there with the vehicle turned off. There are no lights on. So obviously going through my mind are true crime junkie thoughts. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, pfft. That's stupid. If you're going to be going around in a creep van committing crimes, you shouldn't wear such a recognizable bright blue hat, dummy. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, shit, if I can see that from here, someone's going to be able to identify you. No problem. (laughs) So I get my, I'm starting to get myself worked up by this point. My heart rate starts to go up. Something in me said, take a picture of this thing. If there's a creeper in this hood, this photo could help solve a crime. Absolutely. <laughs> right? True crime junkie thoughts again. Yes. So I snap a picture with my smartphone, trying to be inconspicuous, probably not doing well at that. But do you want to know what I saw when I got home safely and I zoomed in on this photo? Oh, my gosh. You got to tell me. I'm going to give the listeners a second to take a guess. You guys t- t- take a second. <laughs> And think about what this possibly could have actually been. Well, it was not a van at all. There was no (laughs) creeper in a blue hat. The van. (laughs) Again, a little little anticlimactic. But the van was just a big construction site dumpster. (laughs) (laughs) Just a big old dumpster. And the person in the blue hat. Yes. That was a series of different colored garbage and garbage bags poking out of the top of the dumpster. Oh, my goodness. That sounds like something I would do. So <laughs> A combination of low vision and true crime. Yeah. I'd, I, it, 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 <laughs> it resulted in this ridiculousness. Oh, I get it. A hundred percent. Again, I think it goes back to the content that we're taking in the, you know, where is your mind at that time? And how does your brain interpret and fill in those visual gaps? I would imagine for you, it can get creepy sometimes. What are some of the creepiest things you've experienced with Charles Binet? I think the worst one for me was I was in bed one night and I woke up in the middle of the night. I rolled over and I saw a decapitated dead body laying in bed with me. Holy sweet shit. That's crazy. So I was just like, um, I want to say Fred Flintstone or Scooby-Doo when the feet are going and the body's not going, my brain was just on fire. And all I could see was this decapitated man in my bed. And there's this pool of blood by the neck where the head used to be. That's not even, that's terrifying. I didn't sleep in my bed for about four days. That is unreal. So which true crime documentary did you watch before that <laughs> happened? It was probably the, like The Walking Dead or some sort of zombie uh, movie or something. But by this time, you knew to identify it as a hallucination. I knew right away that it wasn't real, but it doesn't stop you from reacting. Of course. Being in your beds and 
I just couldn't get out of there fast. Again, I know I said it before, Kim, but I'm going to say it again. I'm impressed you didn't piss yourself. (laughs) (laughs) I'm surprised I didn't either. Let me tell you. And I have a serious question. Serious question here. It it wasn't your ex-husband, was it? (laughs) (laughs) No, it wasn't. But okay. I hope that's not too inappropriate. No, yeah, no, that's funny. No, it wasn't him. And that's that's way creepier than the creep van. You know, there are good things. I did see Brad Pitt sitting on my sofa one day. Ooh. That was a good thing. Unfortunately, you know, I can't interact with him, but I could see him. Uh, uh, if if that happened to me, I would just stop and stare, take a take a really good mental note of that. It's unreal that you're going about your day as you do, and and this is all going on at the same time. It's tiring because your brain is always on edge, like you're scanning the background all the time to see if something's going on and what's real and what's not. Like not long ago, I guess it was last summer, I was walking down my street. It was 10 o'clock on a Tuesday morning. And I thought I saw one of my hallucinations and I saw this very large man running at me and he had this red solo cup full of some liquid. I couldn't tell what kind of liquid, but it was like splashing all over the place. And he's sort of leaning to one side. So you could tell he was very obviously drunk and I could see his mouth moving, but obviously I couldn't hear anything because I had my, my earphones in. I just thought it was another vision. I wasn't paying attention. And all of a sudden, the man was right there, grabbed a hold of my arm and was pulling me off the sidewalk before I even realized it wasn't a vision. So it's not only tiring because you're looking for them, what's real and what's not real. Like, I mean, that one time I wasn't paying attention and, you know, the man wanted to ask me a question and just, he was just there all of a sudden. It's scary. But I would imagine, too, that as soon as they grabbed you and it was not just a visual thing, it it snapped that this is not a hallucination. This is really happening. That must have been terrifying. It was. And I immediately pulled out my earphones and he started saying, I just want to ask you one question. I want to ask you just one question. Are you really blind? Oh, my God. That is not how you ask someone a question. No, it definitely isn't. Well, things are about to get really gross here. I I have one last low vision moment that (laughs) I can't believe I'm telling this story. I have never told this to anybody ever because it's gross and I've really tried to suppress this memory. (laughs) So in my younger years, I lived with some roommates. And one morning, I got up for work. It was very early because I was working as a barista and we opened very early. So I was the first one up and I'm making my way to the washroom and I spot on the floor what I think is like some used tissue or like a balled up piece of paper or something and initially, I was like, oh, that's kind of gross. Like someone left their tissue here. They must have, I don't know, dropped it mistakenly. So 
from the standing position, I can't tell what the hell this really is. So before I reach in to touch it, to pick it up, to deal with it, I lean over, get, I get on, pretty much get on my, my knees. And, and as, as I do as someone with low vision, I basically Mm -hmm. put my nose to this thing to see what I'm really dealing with. And surprise, this ended up being a freaking condom on the floor. No way. Tell me it wasn't. I think it was. No. I I think it was. No, no, no. And for the people listening, I want everyone to understand how close I had to get to this thing to understand what it was. Oh, I don't even want to know. And and again, I have tried so hard to suppress this memory that I don't recall if I picked it up in some way or fashion or if I just moved along. I don't remember. So I, I don't know if there's a lesson there or anything to take away. I don't know how this happens. How does this happen? I mean, people clean up after yourselves. That's just gross. Especially when there's someone with low vision living in the apartment with you. It would be greatly appreciated. Well, Kim, this has been a blast. And I can't thank you enough for your candor and your openness about your experiences with Charles Benet. And I think people should go follow you on Twitter. How can they follow you? Yeah, so people can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Kimberly, that's an L-E-Y, Lake, L-A-K-E, so at Kimberly Lake. Wow. I think wow is pretty well all I can say about today's conversation. It takes one hell of an impressive person to come onto a podcast, educate us about Charles Bonnet syndrome, and make us laugh all at the same time. Kim, you just kick so much ass. Have you ever seen something that wasn't really there or that turned out to be something completely different than what you initially thought it was? Yeah, well, you know that I would love to hear about it. Send an email to podcasts at ami.ca or leave a voicemail at 1-866-509-4545. Oh, one more time, that phone number is 1-866-509-4545. Just make sure to mention low vision moments in the message. Let's connect on Instagram and Twitter find me there, why don't ya, under uberblonde4, that's U-B-E-R-B-L-O-N-D-E, and the number four. Thank you to technical production guru, Sam Robinson, with assistance from Jacob Shymansky. Thank you very much to manager at AMI-audio, Andy Frank. And remember, if you're living with roommates and just spot something on the floor... It's probably best to just leave it alone. Okay, until next time, cheers. Hi, I'm Stephen Scott. Join me every day for Double Tap. It's a show where we occasionally talk about technology for blind and partially sighted people. You'll find us wherever you get your podcasts.